We were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and crazy, but when we do life together, it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I also love sharing all the secrets about things that have worked for me so that they can help you. On Living Easy, I really like to dig deep. We will laugh together and struggle together. You'll hear honest insight and practical tips about things like time management, building a brand, traveling, strengthening your faith in your marriage, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, friends. I hope you guys are having a great day so far. This is Lindsay, and today I am so excited to talk to you all about building a happy and healthy home. So this kind of started out as I was writing these ideas down with the idea of sharing ways to keep your children engaged and involved in wanting to come home to the life that you and your family have created. I think it's so important to acknowledge those things now, no matter how young your kids are. My two boys, Saxon and Sutton, are almost two and almost five. So we're in the younger stages, but I truly believe that investment and intentionality begins now or even earlier. Creating a healthy and happy and safe environment for our families is huge. And even if you don't have children yet, these are some concepts that one, you can share with your friends who do have babies or who are pregnant, or you can just keep it in mind for the future. And I'm sure there are plenty of things that you guys would add to this list because there are healthy homes where you grew up in an amazing environment, you have an amazing family, and you're super close with your family, and they did certain things that kept you bonded. And then there are some of you who may not have grown up in a really healthy environment, and you have to shift your perspective. You have to learn from the mistakes that were made by other people and relearn so that you can raise your family in a healthy and safe home and happy home. That's really big too. It's important not that everything is always happy and joyful, but to make sure that everyone knows the importance of shifting the perspective and choosing joy and choosing positivity, choosing to see things things in the way that God intended for us to see them. So I decided to split this up into two episodes because I have a lot to say. Um, I really hope that this encourages and challenges you guys. I honestly didn't intend to go as deep as I planned to, but as usual, that is just who I am and I can't avoid it. So this week I will touch on a few topics and the next week I will touch on a few topics, both being equally important, but also they all are kind of intertwined. So I love that. I just want to jump in how to create a home that is life-giving, one that is full of joy and love and grace and understanding. How do we build that? Here are a few ideas. Number one is to fight the urge to tune out. So I saw a quote a while back and it said, when I begin to tune out, I think of my future with my kids and I know that I want them in it. So then I tune back in. I think no matter what age our children are, whether it's age two or age 16, there are likely a lot of things or some things that they talk about that we're not fully interested in or that may seem silly to us or may seem irrelevant to us. 
But what we have to remember is that the way that we treat them now in regards to seeing them and hearing them and not being distracted when they speak to us, like I talked about on this the previous episode about our cell phones, which is a really challenging episode if you haven't listened to it yet, we are teaching them that what they have to say is not important. Granted, there are people that they need to talk to outside of us. They need to have other safe places and friendships and communities and fellowship. Yes, as they get older. However, we can be their safe place. And the more that we avert our eyes when they're talking or just act disinterested, the more they're going to pull away and feel as if what they're saying is not important or that we just don't care. And it continues as they grow because they'll push back further and further if we don't show them how much we care about them, how much we hear them. Because what we have to remember is that what they're saying is important to them. And therefore, it should be important to us. Whether they're three years old and talking about werewolves, (laughs) or if they're 16 and talking about TikTok, or that guy at school or that girl at school, that we should listen with a heart to hear them and not just to get them to stop talking. And I understand there are days, you guys, I have days where I'm like, oh my goodness, my mind cannot take one more thing or my head hurts or I am just tired and I don't want to hear the same story for the hundredth time. Um, My son is almost five and Sutton and my other son Saxon is almost two. And so we're in that really little stage, but you guys, these little stages are so formative and so important that if we get down on their level and we look them in the eyes and show them that what they're saying is crucial, or if they are interrupting or not listening or just repeating themselves over and over, and we do have something going on, getting down on their level looking them in the eyes and saying, what you're saying to me is important and mommy does care or daddy does care, but I need a second because I am doing something right now, but I will come back to you and we will talk about this very important thing. And of course, if they're little, that may take a little bit more energy, but they know that they're seen. They know that they're heard. They know that we're not just writing them off and not caring about their experience or their heart. So Allow their emotions, allow their experiences to be just as important to you as they are to them. Even if it feels silly to you, be a listener, allow them to know that they're heard, ask them questions, dig in deep and remind them that you are their safe place. Number two, fun family nights with an open door policy. So this one is crazy because I am that girl who, when I see someone who has a healthy family dynamic, I see that their kids are respectful and kind and they love the Lord and they're a solid family who hangs out together, parents and kids and siblings all hang out together. I want to know why. I want my family to look like that. I so desperately want my family to look like that. And that's going to be in God's hands. I can only pray for that. I can't have those expectations, but I can do what I feel called to do. And part of that is learning from other people. Proverbs 14.1 says, The wisest of women builds her house, but folly with her own hands tears it down. You guys, I don't want to be a foolish woman. I want to be a wise woman who builds her home up instead of tearing it down. And so I seek counsel and wisdom from a lot of other people, especially older women who have been through it before me. And so... I'll get opinions. I'm like, teach me your ways. And a lot of the time I have had hour long conversations with 20 year olds, 18 year olds, and just ask them, 
what do your parents do right? I literally ask everyone this. <laughs> what do your parents do right? And they all have something unique to say. There are some consistencies, which is mostly that they are faithful, they are their parents first, their friends second. They live out the example of love and care and compassion and grace, but we'll get to all of that. But one other common theme in every single person's life that I have talked to are family fun nights. And I just thought that was so fascinating, but it's so cool to me. And as they all describe them, what these family fun nights look like is that the kids all come once a week. So one of the families does a Friday pizza night. One of them does a Wednesday Chick-fil-A night. Um, Some of them just do family movie nights on the weekends, but they have an open door policy. So their kids come, their friends are invited, and they play video games together. They do like tons of Mario Kart, or they'll play volleyball outside, or they'll go swimming, or they all just hang out and do silly things, whatever it is, they are opening their home to their kids and their friends. So with this, they're getting to know their friends. They're getting to know their children in a different way. Because I think when you see children with friends, it's just a different dynamic. And when your kids are young, you can start this now. If they have a cousin that they love, invite that cousin to come over and spend the night if you do sleepovers or just come and hang out for the evening, but allow that to be a consistent thing that they get to look forward to at the end of the week or in the middle of the week that you will be there. And some of them said, you know, it gets a little bit expensive because we're buying Chick-fil-A or we're buying pizza or we're making all of this food, but it will always be worth it. We will never regret doing this. It's been completely 100% worth it for us and for our family. And now our kids, and the kids will say this too, we just want to be home. (laughs) We want to bring our friends on a Friday night and hang out. And so that's something that we are starting. We do Sunday nights right now just because it's easiest for us and our kids are little, but we do Sunday night pizza and movie nights. And the boys already look forward to it. Saxon obviously doesn't totally know, but Sutton knows that when we have church that morning, we also get to have pizza and fun night. So it's just a cool thing to start and to create your own tradition and allowing your children to see that you have an open door policy, that you love your neighbor, that you love their friends, and that you are, again, a safe place for them to come and that you just want to breathe life into them and breathe joy into them in an otherwise maybe hard week or emotional week and kind of just reconnect. One of the things I love the most about this podcast is having the opportunity to be a part of a community. I love sharing free and helpful content, obviously, to make your life just a little bit easier and a lot more joyful. So if after the podcast you want more, which is totally understandable, I have that for you. I am so thankful to have people as a part of my community that I can send relationship tips, meal prepping ideas, home decor tips, encouragement for motherhood, and so much more directly to their email. If you want to join thousands of others just like you who receive exclusive free printables and a bi-weekly newsletter from me filled with tons of helpful life hacks that are tailored specifically for you, all you have to do is sign up. Go to sparrowsandlily.com backslash community. You'll receive delicious recipes that we have tried as a family and love. You'll receive free subscriber-only content 
content that is created by the interviewees that I speak to that will be sent directly to your email. And you'll also receive first access to giveaways, living easy courses, event info, and so much more. All you have to do is join our community. Go to sparrowsandlily.com. That's S-P-A-R-R-O-W-S and L-I-L-Y.com backslash community. Okay, so number three is living out our faith and our failures in front of our children. I could write a book on this. I literally, maybe I should, I should write a book on this because I have so many thoughts on it. I see a difference, you guys, and I know that everyone is different, but I see a drastic difference in Christians who are now adults who were raised in a home where they were Sunday Christians and the Bible was opened on Sundays and closed on Sundays and nothing else was discussed versus a family that lived out their faith actively. Both groups of kids struggle, of course. They all sin, they all struggle. But the foundation is so incredibly different. And so I just want to talk about what that looks like. What does it look like to live out faith actively aside from obviously quiet time and praying together and Um, not just before meals, but praying before bed and praying good things and memorizing scripture. Those are all necessary good things. But as adults, to live out our faith in front of our children is huge. Living out our failures, I think, is even bigger. Because as kids, you totally grow up thinking like your parents know it all. They have it all together. There are these like perfect people, or you see their failures and you don't quite understand them. But then as you grow up, you're like, oh, you're just another human being. You're just like me. And now we can connect on that level. But starting at a young age, it's never too early to show your children that you're human and that you fall and you fail and you mess up. And that just as a little disclaimer, mamas, if you're struggling and you feel like a failure, we all fail. And that is what grace is for. And so one of the main things that is so important to do is to apologize to your children. This creates accountability. It shows our kids who we are and that we fail, and it shows them how big God is. So when we fail our children, when we make a mistake, we sin against them, which means we're yelling out of anger or we're yelling out of frustration. We're getting angry about them not meeting our unfair expectations, which I think is huge. Um, when we blame them for something that we shouldn't have, when they're put in situations to take care of themselves without proper guidance from an adult, and I think this happens as kids get older, all of these things deserve an apology. Just like you would apologize to your neighbor if you went outside yelling at them or something, God forbid, but if that happened, you would go and say, I'm really sorry. I don't know where that came from. That was wrong of me. We do the same for our children. And it's something for me, it's humbling, you guys. It has been really humbling for me, especially when my kids are doing something wrong and I respond inappropriately to that. And I still have to go, even though they've done wrong, and ask for forgiveness for my wrongdoing to exemplify this to them. I've shared this before, but when I was 14, my stepdad came and sat down on my bed. And I don't remember what had happened. We, I was crying for something. I, I think he had yelled at me or something. And I wasn't a believer yet. And he came and sat on my bed and he said, Lindsay, I want to know when I've hurt you. And I want you to always have the freedom to come and tell me when I've hurt you. 
and I know right now that I have hurt you, and so I'm sorry. And he looked me in the eyes. He didn't shy away. He didn't give me any excuses or justifications. He just said, I was wrong. Do you forgive me? And honestly, it was one of the most crucial turning points for me when it came to my faith to see a man humble himself. And he told me, I have been forgiven so much by a huge God, but I know that daily I fall short and I'm going to fail you. I'm going to fail you. I'm never going to live up to who I should be as your stepfather, but I want to love you well. And it was so impactful to have an adult speak to me that way because I just hadn't had that so much. Like my mom and I just had a pretty good relationship. So we didn't have a lot of back and forth um, until I was a little bit older. But to have a man come and speak to me that way and respect me that way was so massive. And I will never forget that conversation. And again, it's never too early to start that, to ask for forgiveness, to hold ourselves accountable and to remind our children, mommy failed, daddy failed, but God's grace is greater and he forgives me, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to try to continue to be better and to love you well. So that is one huge, huge, huge way to live out our faith in front of our children and we should start that as early as possible. Also, quick note, if you fail while disciplining your children, it's okay to stop yourself midway and say, oh my gosh, I'm wrong. I'm so sorry. I should not have responded or reacted that way. Do you forgive me? I need a second to go and think through how I need to respond to this. That's okay. You're not expected to be perfect. Nobody trained you up in what it looks like to be a parent step by step, day by day. So give yourself grace, but also allow yourself to show your weaknesses. Next is to display grace. This quote is huge to me and it has lived in my brain for a very long time. It says, We judge ourselves by our intentions or our motives, but we judge everyone else by their actions. This, you guys, is so especially true for our spouses and our children. If we do something and say something in a way that isn't appropriate or kind or loving, we say, well, I wasn't intending to be mean, right? I wasn't intending to be rude. I This was my heart. But anyone else, if they do something against us, it doesn't matter what their intentions were or what their motives are. We're offended and we're hurt. And so if we had that same perspective with other people in thinking the best of them, thinking the best of our children, thinking the best of our spouses, and saying they probably didn't mean to do that. They probably have something else going on in their sphere right now, in their world right now. How can I think the best of them in this moment and know that their intentions are not to be cruel or manipulative, especially young children, and respond with grace and love. When you're struggling with this, when I'm struggling with this, I think about all of my failures and not in a way that brings me shame or guilt because that is counterintuitive to who the God that we serve is, but in a way that helps me to remember that the grace and mercy that have been poured out onto my life were so undeserving that anyone else deserves my grace and mercy in the same way because what they've done in comparison to what I feel I have done in light of a holy God is minuscule. And 
I am not so entitled. I am not so important that everyone needs to treat me right all the time. And although we may feel like that sometimes because we're selfish and we're sinful, we need to reframe our mindsets and pour grace and mercy out onto our children and our spouses, just as God has for us. Friends, I want to ask you right now, wherever you are, driving in your car, doing your laundry, hanging out, what would your relationship look like? What would your daily conversations and interactions look like with your children and your spouse if you viewed them through that lens? If you viewed them through the lens of a sinner who is broken just like you and who is in desperate need of forgiveness and grace and love and understanding? I think that it would radically change the way that we love people and the way that we treat people because we would see them through the eyes of God. We would see them through that lens of imperfection. We would allow them to make more mistakes without lashing out or reacting we would give them things that they don't deserve. So I always think of grace and mercy. This is a quick note through the perspective of a cop giving a ticket. I heard this somewhere a long time ago and it's resonated with me, but basically the cop pulls you over because you're going hundred miles an hour in a 60 mile per hour zone. And he comes and he writes you a ticket and then he rips up that ticket. That is grace because he didn't give you what you deserved. But then there's mercy. And mercy is when the cop pulls out a $100 bill and he hands it to you and he says, have a blessed day. That is mercy. That is going above and beyond and giving you what you don't deserve. And if we were to pour that mercy out onto our children and we were to say, yes, you made a mistake today, but I love you. And mommy makes mistakes too. So let's try this again. There's the grace. And then you say, let's go bake cookies together. Even though they just made a mistake, even though they just hurt you or failed you or betrayed you or whatever it is, you still pour that mercy out onto them because God has given you mercy. Yes, discipline is crucial and I am all about it. We definitely discipline in our home, but just as crucial as discipline is, so is a compassionate, a patient, and an understanding heart when building a life-giving home. Okay, so lastly for this episode, create a judgment-free environment for your children to share anything that they want. So a friend of mine gave me this tip and I so respect her for it. So much of the stuff you guys are going to hear on this podcast are from people who have poured into my life or pastors that I've listened to or encouragement that I have just heard along the way. Uh, And so I just want you to know, I hope that blesses you in knowing that these are not just my thoughts. I don't ever want you to think that. (laughs) These are not just my thoughts. I process through so many things and yes, I'm very passionate about things and I study and I research and I do a lot, but I also ask a lot of questions from a lot of people. Like I love being taught. I love to learn and to grow and to be better. And so I am constantly picking the brains of the people around me. And so just as like encouragement that what you're hearing is from moms who have gone before me and who really love their children and have beautiful families who love the Lord. And so this is one of those mamas who means so much to me. What she and her husband tell their children is, you can say anything to mom and dad as long as you say it respectfully. So they have a complete open door when it comes to their children coming to them. So they'll ask them hard questions like, does mommy lecture you too much? 
They'll ask, are you drained of me sometimes? Do I exhaust you when she's feeling overwhelmed or convicted or challenged? She'll ask them that question and give them permission to speak to that. But also, if they're feeling something, they just have the freedom to come and share what they're feeling as long as they're respectful about it. And my boys are probably a little bit young for this, but I have voiced it to Sutton a few times and he will be bold with me. I have definitely heard, mom, can you please put your phone down now? And that one just rips my heart out of my chest (laughs) Um, and has really challenged me to grow. And he's also said, mom, can you please stop being so frustrated right now? And so I know that he does feel that freedom to come to me and that it's been given. And I'm going to communicate that to him over and over and over again throughout the years, because I really love that concept that Again, you're not unreachable. As parents, we should not be unreachable. To our spouse, we should not be unreachable. And I've talked so many times, I used to talk on Milk and Honey, but even on my blog, about asking the hard questions with you and your spouse. I actually have a blog post on it on um, sparrowsandlily.com. So I will link that in the show notes below this episode. Hard questions you can ask one another. And if you have an open heart and an open mind and you allow people to come to you and graciously and lovingly tell you what they're seeing in your life, you are going to grow. You're going to grow closer to Jesus because they're going to be pointing you back to Jesus. It's okay to fail. Nobody's expecting you to be perfect. When our children have the freedom to come and say those things to us, it's really a joyful and beautiful thing because they're seeing goodness and they're seeing God's plan for goodness and they're wanting that for you as well. So take it as sweet encouragement. And you guys, we can argue day and night that our children respect us. But if all that we've achieved in our relationships with them is compliance through scare tactics, for example, yelling or screaming or threatening, then all that we've achieved is a child who's afraid to be honest with us. And isn't that kind of sad? That would be really sad. And it's possible to do that pretty quickly because we're like, no, you're going to obey me. And I am, you guys, I am a strict mama. I am like, I am a really strict. And so I have to catch myself on this a lot because I say obey me to obey me. Like that's my mindset. I don't actually say that, but obey me to obey me instead of saying obey me because here is why, because I want good for you and because these things will come of this if you trust that. I want the best for you and that this discipline or these rules are good for you. But sometimes it's just like, obey me to obey me. And I don't ever want them to feel like they can't be honest with me. I don't ever want them to think that they just have to comply with what I say because I'm scary and I can discipline them. And I don't ever want that. So let us fight for a respectful home where we all respect one another. So one thing that I think is so important to ask ourselves is, In this scenario, whatever is going on in your home with your children at that time, in this scenario, is discipline helpful or is it harmful? Am I disciplining for the sake of getting even or retaliating or or proving that I have the power in the household? Or am I disciplining to admonish and strengthen my child and point them back to Jesus? That's everything for today. I'm so excited to talk about the other ones next week. There's a couple fun ones and a couple deep ones, but 
just keep an eye out. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot and share it. As I've mentioned before, this helps me not only to have better interviewees, but also just to continue providing content for you guys because some of you may not know, but I write these episodes, record these episodes late at night right now. It is 10.06 p.m. after putting my babies to bed and I just make it happen when I can. And I love doing this. I love providing free content for you guys um, and stuff for you to listen to throughout the week to bring hope and encouragement. But every bit helps. And so if you could share it, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, it is just a massive blessing. So I love you guys. Thank you as always. I pray that you will not be filled with shame, that there will be no condemnation in your heart, but that you will be encouraged to grow, to ask for forgiveness in any areas that you need to be better in, and to continue to seek God knowing that He has good for you. He loves you tremendously, and He wants to be involved in your parenthood. So Open your heart to him in that way. Allow him in and continue moving forward. Bye, guys.